The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Mmm. Yeah. Mixed martial arts. UFC. Mixed martial arts. Bellator. Mixed martial arts. UK. Knuckle fighting! Woo! Gosh. Well, hello there, everybody. As you can see, we are excited for a very busy Saturday in combat sports. And that poses the question, what's better than one event, two events, and even more better than that, even better than that, three events. And we're going to discuss all three of those events this week on our live preview show on MMAfighting.com. We'll be getting you ready for UFC Vegas 48, Bellator 274, and BKFC's Knucklemania 2, plus we'll answer your questions to wrap things up at the tail end of this. Welcome, everybody. I am Mike Heck. Thanks for checking us out, however you are doing so. And it's a tripod this week as I'm being joined by my wonderful colleagues over at MAFighting.com. We got Jose Youngs. We got AK Lee. We have a lot to get to, gentlemen, so let's get right into this. Jose, we'll begin with you, and we'll begin with UFC Vegas 48. Look, would, would this have been a better card on paper with the... Rafael Dos Anjos, Rafael Fazib main event, of course it would, but still, interesting main event is in store for us tomorrow at the Apex at 205 pounds with Johnny Walker taking on Jamal Hill. Face-off was pretty testy, and if you look at this card as a whole, it's not bad at all coming off of UFC 271, right? There's some pretty interesting fights on here. There's some interesting names that I'm really looking forward to. There's not a lot of like fights where both dance partners really intrigue me. But like like you said, that main event, the original main event between RDA and Rafael Fazeev, that was I don't care if that was the only fight on a that could have been a one fight card. Like that is how badly I wanted that fight to happen. I mean, it's still happening. We just have to wait a bit, but that fight got my blood boiling. I was so excited for that. This new main event is fine it's fine uh not the best in terms of like it's fine it's and there's a lot of interesting names on this card but i i'm i'm depressed we have to wait longer for rafael faziv versus rafael dos anjos rafael on rafael loser changes his name to randy <laughs> okay what's the old uh gymnastics scale telling you see oh. vegas 48 
Todd. Uh, it's not good. It's not good. Listen, uh, we we had we had a debate recently over some of the recent cards, for, which I was defending. You know, I I and I stand by you know what I said about. I think the uh, the Strickland Hermanson card. I thought it was strong on paper, and I liked. I thought it played out pretty well, other than the last two fights being kind of dull. But uh, and and Casey was kind of our producer. Casey was kind of asking me like, what is a bad card? Are there no bad cards? Uh, this is a bad card. This is a bad card. With as always, with respect to the fighters involved, with respect to all the people who put in the hard work to have to like put this fight together, from the you know the people at the UFC to the managers and everyone, all all due respect, of course. But uh, I, I mean, if, if we're being objective, if we're telling people who you know maybe need to be judicious with their time, whether they need to carve out uh, a lot of that for this particular card, I, I would I would lean towards no. I and mean, we'll talk about some of the angles today. There's certainly stuff worth watching. But if you want an example of where I draw the line, where the Prince of Positivity is willing to say a card is you know subpar, I, I think this is a subpar card, especially given uh, given some of the fights that were that were lost on it. All right. So what's the number? It's like a five. It's like a five. no, no, no. And any card, any like any card at this level has the potential for some sort of chaos. Uh, uh, a six. I'll go six. I'll say if everything goes right. I think you're aiming at a six, six point five. This is if everything goes right. We have a core curve of main event, uh, and uh, you know there's a bunch of good finishes, like a six, six point five. But uh, otherwise, I mean, really, this is look. There's a lot of a lot of quality regional cards out there that that can put on lineups very similar to this one. So uh, I would recommend. I would say if you enjoy watching stuff like this, there's a lot of good regional MMA that's also going on uh, on Fight Pass and on and, and sometimes just for free that you should check out. So six, six point five. And we got two cards that we're going to be talking about on the show as well. Let's talk about Walker versus Hill AK because the winner might actually earn them a, earn themselves a spot in the rankings that matter most, AK, the MMA fighting global rankings. Neither of them are on there now. Both got votes for February. But Walker really needs a win here. He's coming off a loss. He's lost three of his last four, and he's fighting a guy in Jamal Hill that is super dangerous and someone that seems to be getting – better and better with each fight yeah he had the loss to paul craig it's kind of a weird one but people see a lot in jamal hill because he's a huge betting favorite heading into tomorrow night so what stands out to you about this new main event uh like you said look th- these are two guys who still would not shock me if they became relevant fighters in the light heavyweight division it's not that long ago that johnny walker was being i don't know if you'll remember people were talking about johnny walker like oh could this guy this could the guy challenge John Jones someday? You know, he got like two two big knockouts. Uh, people liked his personality, his phys- his his physical abilities. People could could see him in there with like a John Jones saying like, oh, okay, like it's not it's not a mismatch size wise, and people like that. Then reality hits. You get some tough fights. You get some tough matchups. You get some tough losses, and suddenly he's not even in our rankings anymore. As you said, he's now he's now a uh, a fighter who also received votes. Uh, Jamal Hill is also <laughs> in that category, but is heading in the opposite direction. A uh, fight finisher again. Physically, we see someone who who we like. Uh, we like their chances of hanging with the top of the division. So there, so there is that intrigue there. And again, and I would not count out Johnny Walker. Um, he's lost three of his last four. Again, the hype has certainly died down. Our expectations have become a little bit more realistic. But it's not like this is a guy who 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 was like, oh well, we've 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 seen his best. There's no chance he's going to reach that peak. I don't know if we even saw his best. The best could be yet to come. And, and but it has to start with a quality performance against Jamal Hill because that fight with Tiago Santos was a it was like the worst kind of loss you can have. He not only lost, but uh, it wasn't entertaining. And that, and that's just a disastrous for a guy like Johnny Walker. So this has to be exciting. 
uh, it has to, even if it's a decision, it has to be somewhat dominant. I think, I think competitive would be good, but it has to be convincing. Um, otherwise, uh, one of these guys will not be receiving votes most likely uh, in the MMA fighting global rankings after this weekend. Jose, what do you think? And I'm looking at the betting lines right now. Jamal Hill, a minus 240 favorite coming off of the knockout win over Jimmy Crute. Are you surprised by how big of a favorite he is in this fight? No, uh, because what's how, what Johnny Locker's lost, what, three or four against pretty high-level competition. And, uh, yeah, the Paul Craig fight, he snapped his arm in half. But Jamal Hill has been pretty violent lately. And I, I think the build that he's been on has been appropriate. He hasn't taken that massive jump up in competition. It's like he's taking one step at a time, unlike Johnny Walker, who was just kind of thrown into Corey Anderson because the UFC uh, was really high on him. And he got pretty soundly beaten in Madison Square Garden, but beating, knocking out Ovin St. Prue. And uh, I'm looking at Jamal Hill's Wikipedia right now because I wanted to remember how fast that knockout was because I remember it was under a minute. Someone has edited the Jimmy Crew uh, fight result to be knockout by murder in 48 seconds. So that should tell you how violent that knockout was. So Jamal Hill's the man. Uh, he, he talks a good game, has awful tattoos, so he fits right in for the light, UFC light heavyweight division. So I'm not surprised at all. Uh, that he is such a betting favorite considering uh, their recent performances because like Tiago is an incredibly high level martial artist and Johnny Walker put on kind of a dud performance, which I didn't think was possible against Tiago Santos. AK Jamal Hill is 30 years of age. And like both of you have sort of alluded to, it seems like his career is just getting started in a way, despite being a year older than Johnny Walker, but like Jose just said, he comes into the UFC on a rocket ship. He gets three quick finishes. Then they throw him in there with Corey Anderson. We know what happened at MSG. Then he loses the decision to Nikita Krylov in a fight I will never forget for hilarious reasons. Knocks out Ryan Spann, and then he had the not-so-fun fight, the loss to Tiago Santos. Is this a must-win? Are we are we in must-win territory for Johnny Walker here? Because it certainly is compared to Jamal Hill, I would I would say. Yeah, if we're talking must win as far as uh, could he potentially see a release with a loss, I actually do think so. I, I do think, uh, again, we don't know exactly what Johnny Walker's getting paid. He could be on the lower end of the scale there, which uh, would benefit him as obviously as far as going forward with the UFC. Um, but I would imagine that they're at least somewhat invested in him. And another loss, I mean, there's just as as shallow as light heavyweight is. I don't know if this, if this I don't know if a loss to Jamal Hill, even a quick one necessarily gets him a release, but I mean, it puts him right on that door. I mean, it puts him at least one away, uh, if not that. But but it wouldn't surprise. I don't. But I don't think it would surprise anybody if he lost four out of five and the UFC just cut ties. I don't think it surprised anybody at all. Uh, we'd have to know again what his contract status is, um, because if, if if it is close to the end of his contract, again, if there's, if there's only one left, it might just give him another one. But otherwise, you know, extension talks are going to get killed by it. It's it's really tough. So I do call this a must-win for Johnny Walker, not so much for Jamal Hill. 30 years young, I like to say. Yes, I know he's, like you said, a little bit older than, uh, just one year older than Johnny Walker, but still young, a fresh face, uh, only his 12th pro bout. So he's, he feels new. He feels like there's still a lot of untapped potential there. I think Johnny Walker has that. I don't know if the UFC matchmakers uh, and the fans feel the same way, which sounds extremely harsh. But again, uh, once you reach this level, you're just under the microscope and every loss means so much. So for it, and the way you lose as well, again, the Tiago Santos fight, just so, so forgettable. Um so, uh, yeah, four out of five, he, he has to avoid that. This is a must win for uh, Johnny Walker. What do you think about that, Jose? Because I'm listening to AK and I keep thinking to myself, well, he may not be wrong. 
we live mm-hmm. in a world where Glover Teixeira is the light heavyweight champion of the world. So we are in a, mm-hmm. you know, never say never type of world in the UFC and in mixed martial arts. But obviously for the relevancy scale, you have to believe this is a must win for Johnny Walker. But is it that dire? Could we be looking at maybe his final UFC fight for the foreseeable future if he goes out there and, and lays a dud tomorrow against Jamal Hill? I think laying a dud would definitely, if there's like a meter, it would definitely po- push the meter towards a higher chance of release. Because like this kind of reminds me of like, remember when Shogun fought Brandon Vera on that main event of UFC on Fox? A lot of people was like, is this do or die for Brandon Schaub? Is he fighting for his job? Like, will he not be with the UFC if he loses? Then that fight was epic. And then I remember Dana White being at that press conference to be like, yeah, Brandon, like um, uh, Brandon Vera's job is safe just because of how good that he might have lost, but that fight was so good that we're going to give him like more chances. So if Johnny Walker goes out there and just has like a back and forth war uh, with Jamal Hill, which by all means, by all accounts probably won't happen for either men because they're both big finishers, but that could, they could surprise me. Uh, Or if it's like a controversial decision, I bet they give him one more shot, maybe two, but if he goes out there and gets 50, 45s uh, uninspiring is the word I guess I'll use. Then I wouldn't be surprised because we live in a world where the UFC doesn't seem to have a role for Alistair Overeem or Junior Dos Santos or Yoel Romero or Anthony Johnson. And those are four bigger names than than Johnny Walker. So ask me in the post show and I'll probably have a better answer. Fair enough. Time for picks. I personally have had two pretty good weeks with my picks. Think a little bit outside the box for some of these and and coming up hack. So we'll start with you, Jose. Who gets this one done? Johnny Walker or Jamal Hill? Uh, I'm going to pick Jamal Hill solely because I've picked against Jamal Hill his last three fights, and he has proven me wrong in two of them. I mean, the Paul Craig fight was a pretty good fight until he just got caught, and Paul Craig is kind of operating on a completely different level right now. So I think when I was picking that fight, uh, I, when I picked him to win, that was the case. But if they rematched again, I think that's a 50-50 fight at this point. I thought Jimmy Crew was going to not tear through Jamal Hill. I just thought Jimmy Crew was a better fighter, and we saw what happened. Jamal Hill murdered him. I thought Ovin St. Prue was a better fighter. And Jamal Hill ran through him and the like. So he keeps proving me wrong. Uh, so I'm not going to make that mistake again. I think Jamal Hill gets it done. I think it'll be probably similar to the Corey Anderson knockout. I don't think it's going to be a knockout. It might be a TKO, maybe a standing TKO. Um, but I think Jamal Hill gets it done. Uh, I'm going like Jose. I have been weirdly skeptical of Jamal Hill for some reason. And uh, I think I, I think I'm pretty sure I've always picked against him. But um, as you guys know, sorry guys, my my uh, sound scrambled over here. As you guys know, uh, I'm an idiot, and uh, I don't learn mm. things. So I'm going against Jamal Hill again. I am picking uh, Johnny Walker. I think Johnny Walker is going to surprise him. I want to believe that the Tiago Santos performance was an aberration. It was, you know, whatever. He's he's with uh, he's changed camps, uh, perhaps not for the better. Uh, but maybe he just needed some adjustment. I think he'll. Ca- I, I like that he's fought slightly uh, better competition, a, little, a bit higher level than uh, Jamal Hill. So I'm giving him the edge here, and I think he is going to catch Jamal Hill and knock him out. I don't feel super confident about it, but I feel like uh, Johnny Walker, uh, uh, you know, wounded animal. He, he's cornered. He needs this win, and I think that pushes him to one on Saturday. I just don't really see much of a gray area here. This has all the makings of a firefight, and on paper, it should absolutely be that way. But sometimes these Johnny Walker fights can get slowed down and and be not all that enthralling. So this is either going to be really exciting or really awful. I don't see the latter happening. So I'm going to stay positive and say it will be a firefight. But unfortunately for one Johnny Walker, 
that's not his best path to victory. So I think Jamal Hill gets a first round knockout. I'll say mid before the midway point of round one, I think it's a very quick main event. And I think Jamal Hill lands a big shot and, and puts Johnny Walker away. So co-main event is Kyle Dawkins versus Jamie Pickett. But we'll see if we'll, we'll see if that actually is a co-main event, because if we don't co-main. see both fighter entrances on the, on the broadcast, that it doesn't pass the test. It is Parker Porter fight week takes on Alan Bodeau. The ageless Jim Miller is fighting Nicholas Mota, who makes his UFC debut. And we got Joaquin Buckley with commander Dale Brown in his corner, mm. taking on Abdul Razak Al-Hassan to kick off the main card. And I, I feel like no one's talking about that fight, but that is actually happening. Some interesting fights, Jose. What's uh, what's flying under the radar for you? What, what do you got your eye on? On the main card or just the card in general? The card in general. Uh, I mean, the, the, I think you nailed it. Like the Joaquin Buckley, Abdul Razak Al-Hassan, like that fight, someone's going to bed in that fight. I think we talk a lot about fights that should kick off main cards, should be on the co-main event. Like what's the best spot? Like I think Buckley Al-Hassan is a perfect fight to kick off a main card in ESPN+. Plus. I mean, Buckley is obviously famous for like those, those violent knockout wins. Uh, I think he was our 2020 knockout of the year. If I remember correctly, Kanye West made a music video to his knockout. Uh, I've never been really high on, uh, um, Al as like an MMA fighter, but the dude's obviously violent and has dynamite in his hands and feet. I'm pretty sure he knocked out Alessio Chirico, uh, with a head kick and Alessio Chirico knocked out Joaquin Buckley with a head kick. So, the battle of uh, who's better than Alessio DiCherico apparently is happening to kick off the main card tomorrow. So I think that fight is a perfect fight, and someone's going to sleep. And I would be remiss if I didn't shout out. Uh, she's. I don't think anyone's getting – I'm not saying to tune in for this fight, but Dana Balbita, fellow weeb, huge fan. Go watch her fight. Repping Canada. AK. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, yes. what do you got, AK? Uh, first of all, let me say – I don't care. This is not the, the, that picket Dacus thing is not a co-main event. I don't care if we see their entrances. I don't care if it gets the full ESPN promo treatment and Ron Perlman, Ron Perlman's voice graces their <laughs> video package. I don't care. Good for Jamie Pickett for taking this fight on short notice. Uh, I'm glad both guys agreed to make this a catch weight. It could be a fun fight. Uh, Kyle Dacus, I think is a talented guy. This is not a co- you could call it whatever you call it the second last fight call it penultimate i think that's a fun word i think if you want to call it what it is it's not a co-main it's not there's nothing i feel like these words have to mean something at, at least there has to be some luster to it this fight is just happens to be the one that falls a second to last in the order and that's great i suppose for kyle Dawkins and jay pickett but no one knows that it's not being hyped as a co-main event so what is the value of it i'm not calling it a co-main event Respect to both guys. I'm not calling it Coleman. Uh, fights I'm looking out for. You know what? I, I'm really invested in a little bit in Chaz Skelly. Chaz Skelly, it's supposedly going to be his last fight. I don't think he's confirmed it. I remember when the fight was put together, I think he had said that he'd expect this to be his last fight. I understand uh, he's 36. He'll be 37 in May. He's dealt with a lot of injuries in his career. He's probably he's had a lot of weird instances uh, in his career that have probably cost him money. And let's never forget the Jamal Emmers, uh, Jose Young's axiom proving, you know, the uh, fights are not official until both guys are in mm-hmm. the cage. <laughs> I cannot imagine Chaz Kelly like having to go through a full training that like that. That is an incident that probably had him questioning how much more do I want to go on with this? How much more can I go on with fighting? Like this is, this is, I believe he did get his show and win money, thankfully, but even then just all the preparation and these guys like to fight too. So doing all that and not getting the satisfaction of getting to compete, 
it's it's just really really tough on him and he's just been around for a long time been a lot of been in some really really tough fights too it's not like he's had this career where he's escaped damage he's been in some really really difficult fights so uh i'm I'm excited for that i think they've given him a good matchup a favorable one uh for him to to potentially go out on with uh, mark striegel so i'll call that the sleeper um again i think jose said it best beginning of the show there's a lot of fights where I'm maybe kind of invested in one half of the matchup and not so much the other. Uh, but again, that's that's the case of, you know, there's a lot of late replacements. So um, I, I like Mark Striegel too. I just think uh, this is kind of a good farewell fight for Skelly. And I, I think he's going to get the win here and give us a nice nice little moment on, on the prelims. I mean, Jose's right. The, the correct answer is Buckley Alassan. If we're all being honest with ourselves, that is the, oh yeah, fight on this card for sure. But... I'll dig a little deeper. It's David Onama versus Mowgli Benitez at 145 mm. pounds because Onama is coming off that crazy. 148 pounds. 148 pounds, Mike. For for yeah, I know because Mowgli missed weight, but <laughs> David Onama gets 30 percent of the 30 percent of the shekels, and now he gets to fight at his natural weight class at 145 or 148. So I'm very excited to see him back towards his natural weight class and. uh We'll have our UFC Vegas 48 people's pre-fight show at 3.30 Eastern. We'll talk all things UFC prior to the event, answer all of your questions. So we'll dive a little deeper into the UFC event tomorrow. So stay tuned for that. Prelims kick off at 4 Eastern, main card at 7 Eastern, and the full card is on ESPN+. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And new customers to DraftKings can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Now, let us move ahead to Bellator 274. And look, <laughs> I get it. Again, compared to some of the other Bellator cards coming up with the title fights in the mix, some of the names that are on him, not the greatest card on paper to the casual eyeballs. However, again, and maybe I'm the Prince of Positivity this weekend, some good fights some interesting prospects, some interesting storylines to keep an eye on. We may even get the feel-good moment of the weekend on this Bellator card. And the main event is a big one in the welterweight division between Logan Storley and Neiman Gracie. And for those who missed BTL yesterday, Jose Youngs, you made a compelling argument that on the Jose Youngs high-level martial arts competition scale, this might be the best main event of the entire weekend. Why is that for people who may have missed that, that speech you made? Well, Neiman Gracie is obviously like his last name is Gracie. So like he's his family is the very definition of royalty in the sport of mixed martial arts, the UFC, Bellator, whatever you want to call it. Like you have a last name Gracie that carries a lot of weight and a lot of people's fans specifically kind of paint Neiman Gracie 
uh, as the best overall MMA fighter, maybe not the best jujitsu practitioner or anything like that. But, you know, he's got like lately he's he's been willing to let his hands uh, go. I think he did an interview with our own Guillermo Cruz where he said, like, oh, now I know why people like to like, throw hands because it's a lot of fun. So if he's getting that much better at his hands, plus he obviously he's obviously great. So he's a wizard on the ground with his crazy jujitsu. Uh, a lot of people like I remember I interviewed Josh Thompson during that welterweight Grand Prix. I did a preview show. I think it was before the Lima MVP one fight. And I asked him, I go, is the winner of this, should the winner of this fight be the favorite to win the Grand Prix? And he said, no, it should probably be Neiman Gracie because he's a problem. So uh, if if anything, Bellator at that time was painting him as like this big world beater. I still think he's very obviously super talented. He's only lost to Jason Jackson, who's beating everyone right now. And Rory McDonald, who at the time was the welterweight champion of the world. So those are the only two losses he had. And then obviously... Logan Storley is an incredibly high-level wrestler. I think he was like a three- or four-time All-American wrestler out of Minnesota, which is like a factory of like Brock Lesnar went there. Uh, so if, you, if you're an All-American wrestler, you're obviously an incredible wrestler. You come through the, the through hell that is the University of Minnesota wrestling mats, you're even better in my mind. So, And there's obviously that weird dynamic between American wrestling versus jiu-jitsu, what's better. I know Brian Ortega has talked about it a lot. It's just kind of like – it's not a heated rivalry, but it's kind of like for bragging rights. So if you're just a fan of high-level MMA, high-level grappling, high-level just mixed martial arts, I'm going to go out. I'm not even going on a limb. I'll die on this hill. This is the best main event of the weekend if you just like martial arts. It doesn't have the cachet or the big names or the drawing power. Just fighting, this is the best main event. AK, Neiman Gracie. Minus 160 favorite, Logan Storley. The comeback on him is plus 140, according to our friends at DraftKings. And like Jose mentioned, Neiman has those two losses. Those are within his last four fights. The Roy McDonald loss, the Jason Jackson loss, who is, you know, Jason Jackson, you could argue he could be fighting for the title right now. But mm-hmm. in his last fight, Neiman's out there, going out there knocking guys out, AK. Mark Leminger, who is a, a, a tough out, and Neiman Gracie ran him over with his hands, with his strikes, which was uh, which was pretty cool to see. Logan Storley, on the other hand, gives the current champion, Yaroslav Amosov, a very tough fight, a fight a lot of people thought Storley won. So your thoughts on this Bellator main event, and, and who do you think takes this one, AK? We'll, go, we'll, we'll get your, your, uh, your opinion on the fight, and then we'll get your pick as well. Yeah, I'm, look, I'm certainly leaning, leaning towards uh, Neiman Gracie. I, I do think he, I do think he's a very high level welterweight. I believe at one point he was ranked in our uh, global rankings, or maybe uh, you know after he beat. Um, I'm sorry, he, yeah, he lost or he beat John Fitch. He was up, he was up there. Maybe it was before the Rory fight, or we weren't doing our rankings yet. Either way, you could have made a case he was kind of a, a sort of a top 15, uh, top 20 welterweight before he took a couple of his losses. I, I love any fighter, obviously, that has like an A plus skill they can rely on. Yes, it's great that he's become more comfortable with his hands, but anytime you've got that crazy jujitsu, that ability to grapple and uh, that strength on the ground, I'm always going to to uh, like your chances. Now, Logan Storley, of course, also has an A plus skill. Uh, one of the best wrestlers in Bellator, maybe in Emmett, maybe in, in in the entire uh, welterweight division. He's just a grinder of the highest order. Uh, like you said, against uh, the current champion, Amosov, that's a style that worked really well. Amosov is also a wrestler. So, you know, someone who could match him on that level led to a very close fight and uh, creates that option where on paper, I would say, uh, you know, Bellator would want Neiman Gracie to win, you know, set him up with the winner of the Amosov MVP fight that's coming up in May. But Mike, you're right, though. 
the if Storyline should happen to pull off the upset on Saturday, there's a storyline there with getting that rematch with Ambasov. Uh, MVP would be a fresh matchup, and then you get the wrestler striker thing going on. So I'm leaning towards Gracie. I think uh, I think he'll. Story's really tough, but I think Gracie can submit him. I'll go Gracie by submission, and, and I think uh, that's what that's what Bellator is hoping for as well. But I mean, a storyly win is not the worst thing to certainly not the worst thing to happen to him. Uh, but this is a case where I, I, I think Bellator is really hoping their matchmaking sets up. Uh, you know, Gracie as a number one contender for for that uh, May championship fight. Uh, that, that's how I would that's how I would look at it. But uh, Storley is certainly a very very live underdog. Jose, who you got in in? It is a five rounder, the first yeah. non title, non tournament, five round Thank main God. event in Bellator history. A new era, Jose. Who gets mm-hmm. it done? Yeah, I was looking at this yesterday and we didn't really, I didn't really get into it in BTL. I, it's tough, man, because Logan Storley is, an, I just said, like he's an incredibly talented wrestler. You know who's a better wrestler than him in college? Ed Ruth, like multiple time national champion. Uh, and Dima Gracie submitted him. But then, you know who? Ed Ruth also beat Jason Jackson <laughs> by split decision. And then, you know, who beat Neiman Gracie, Roy McDonald, who just kind of smushed him for five rounds. And like, he kind of escaped all of his uh, submission attempts and just kind of out grappled him. So this is tough. I think the five rounds obviously favors Neiman Gracie. So uh, five rounds with a Gracie, it's a lot of time to, to open up submissions. I don't, I haven't seen if Logan Storley can, you know, grind out a high level grappler like that over five rounds <sighs> so i'll just go neiman gracie just the evidence is there like there's just more data on him i think this is incredibly like it's 51 49 in my mind and that one percent that tips it to gracie is just we have more data to go off of. like logan storley might be able to do this for five rounds i just don't know so neiman gracie i'm gonna say maybe fourth third round submission because again 25 minutes with a high-level grappler who's also pretty decent on the hands right now. There's a lot of time to get submitted. Neiman Gracie, third or fourth round submission. I'm, I mean, I'm going to go with the upset here just to be different. Mm-hmm. Give me Logan Storley. I, I mean, I certainly get why Gracie is the favorite. I think Storley is a very smart fighter. He, And the thing about Logan Storley is he doesn't take a lot of unnecessary risks in that cage. He trains with a great team. He trains with the Robbie Lawlers and the Michael Chandlers and the Gilbert Burnses of the world. And, oh, yeah, he does train with Jason Jackson, too, so he's probably got a whole bunch of different looks, a whole bunch Mm -hmm. of different insight on Neiman Gracie in in this fight. I'm kind of – like, I kind of disagree with you, Jose. And, again, we don't have any five-round sort of insight on this because we haven't seen it. I just think if – I think if Neiman can't put him away early, it could be a very long night for him, and I predict it sure. will be. So give me Logan Storley via unanimous decision. I don't think it's going to be a fight we're going to be remembering all that fondly at the end of it, but I think it's uh, – if you're a high-level martial arts fan, I think you will find something good with this fight, but the casual audience is going to be like, meh, whatever. Um, but I like the fight, and it should be interesting. Rest of the main card, co-main event, we have Andre Koreshkov versus Chance Rencounter. Uh, Georgie Karakanian versus Adam Piccolotti. We got a very interesting heavyweight matchup between Syed Salma and Davion Franklin. I really like the matchmaking here. Davion Franklin called for this fight. He gets it. And I confirmed a little while ago from Bellator PR that the returning Brennan Ward, what a story this guy has. 
Uh, he will also be on the main card against Brandon Bell. And so we've got some good prelims too. We got Mandel Nalo versus Nick Nyquil Brown. That's a fun fight. We get Aviv Ghazali back. Dude's breaking submission records left and right. Jalon Bates is back, teammate of AJ McKee. Even Deanna Bennett versus uh, Justin Keish is on the prelims of this card. Each fight on an island, Jose. Not too shabby. What's the uh, the low-key storyline for this card for you? I mean, the story is Brandon Ward because, I, like I said on BTL yesterday, just the fact that that man is alive in 2021 is just a great story in general because he was about as low as you can get uh, with what he was dealing with, like his – with the law and substance abuse and his whole personal situation. Like there's, if you look at his MMA record, there's obviously a massive gap between fights. And that was because he was in jail and do and dealing with a lot of things. So Hey, the fact that he's even making the walk like win or lose, I think Brandon Ward is a winner right there. Because again, I am just so happy that that man is just alive in general. I was about 10 feet away for when he took a knee to the face from Paul Daly. Uh, and after that, I was like, Oh, that might be the end for his chances in Bellator. But Good on you, Brandon Ward. Like I know a lot of lot. Uh, he's done a lot of interviews with people, so his story is out there. So I don't need to rehash it. But I'm just happy that that man is fighting again. But if you're talking about like the fight game, Andres Korshkov, former champion, has only lost to four people in in his entire MMA career. Again, former title challenger, and I'm pretty sure that was a split off the top. If I remember off the top of my head, one of the better strikers in MMA, Douglas Lima, former champion. Douglas Lima, former champion, and I'm pretty sure. He lost to Ben Askren, too, way back in the day. The man is very underappreciated in this welterweight landscape. I know he's probably getting up there in age, chance to counter former UFC fighter. Uh, I just think Andres Korshkov, I think this is, he's going to just smash chance. I think Korshkov is a monster. Ben, I interviewed Benson Anderson for his last fight, and he was reflecting on his Bellator run because he wants to know the title shot and this and that. He goes, man, Andres Korshkov just beat the hell out of me. Like, he beat me up bad. And that was Benson Henderson's word. So I think that man is a monster, and I'm just – I'm very, very much looking forward to seeing – watching him fight again. I was I was bummed out for him that he didn't get to fight on that Moscow card. Yeah, that's a good pick right there. I, I like I like everything you just said there. In fact, uh, the first event I ever covered in an MMA media was that Koreshkov versus Benson Henderson fight. and. Mm. Yeah, that was a wild one. AK, what's your uh, under-the-radar storyline for the Spellator card? I just want to say I, I like this card from a – this is a professional MMA card. I know that's not a <laughs> sexy thing. That's not a sexy way to describe it. <laughs> but 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 this is – I'm saying relative to what we were saying about the UFC Vegas 48 card, the UFC Vegas 48 card uh, mostly has – again, we're kind of going with that, well, anything can happen. It, it could be fun, like that kind of element to it. This Bellator card, for better or for worse, I think you know what you're going to get. You know what you're getting from Andre Koroshkov fight. You know what you're getting from a uh, Georgi Karakanyan fight. Um, Brandon Ward, we don't know. We haven't seen him in a while. But like I said, that storyline is so exciting. It's got its own intrigue. Um, and, and then you have some guys that they are bringing up the right way on the prelims, like Mandel Nalo, Aviv Ghazali, and some other names. So I, I like that. There, it feels like there was real thought uh, into how this card was constructed. Um, again, it's maybe it's missing some big like marquee name or title fight at the top. But uh, you know, Jose has has spoken to the virtues of um, how good the main event is just from a martial arts standpoint. So this is such a nice like professional card. I'm not like super excited about it, um, but I would probably if I had to choose. I by the way, full disclosure, I will be at a wedding on Saturday. Will not be watching any combat sports. Poor me. Liar. <laughs> I'll be keeping up through MMAfighting.com. Um, if I had to choose one card, I could only watch one. I mean, we live in an age you can watch two cards at once now. If I could only watch one, I actually probably would pick the Bellator card. Uh, again, it just has more known properties i mean 
I know people like Parker Porter. You know, that's fine. But I mean, that's such a weird fight to have in a main card. Parker Porter, Alan Bado. And the prelims was ravaged by injuries. You have a lot of people making their debuts on short notice. Christian Rodriguez, Jay Perrin. Uh, I can't believe Chad and Helliger and Jesse Strader is on a main card. Uh, you know, it's, it's uh, sorry, not a main card, excuse me, on a UFC card. Both guys are talented for sure, but should be like, you know, headlining regional cards. And like that. So it's just a strange thing. Bellator, you're getting guys who, again, veterans or guys that they are that, that they have been building up for the last couple of years um the names we've already mentioned so i really like that about the bellator card and uh i would remind people in canada these bellator cards are free on youtube so <laughs> so if you're in canada you have no excuse not to tune in uh it's very easy to watch you can have it on your laptop you can watch ufc you can be watching bkfc i don't know whatever it is you're down with so there you go see ak the whole the cold card is a low-key banger for ak in the prelims for bellator 274 6 p.m eastern 3 pacific you can watch those over at mmafighting.com the main card on showtime at 9 p.m eastern when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over $600 each week you can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply now before we get to the people and the questions ak mentioned that if you could only choose one between the ufc and bellator he would choose bellator but now we got we got another event in the mix ak we got knuckle mania 2 bkfc returns tomorrow night as well mike perry makes his bkfc debut against julian lane in the main events we got Two title fights, Martin Brown challenging Luis Palomino for the lightweight title. We got a, a new women's flyweight champion about to be crowned. Britt Beltran takes on Christine Faria. It's a rematch. They first fought at BKFC 5. Faria got a win via doctor stoppage due to cuts. Kind of controversial. And then we'll also see, AK, the BKFC debut of former UFC title challenger Chad Mendez taking on Thames, AK. Knuckle Mania 1. Got a lot of attention with the the debut of Paige Van Zandt. We had Chris Lieben's retirement fight, went out with the knockout. We saw an absolute war between Taylor Starling and Teresa Sagala. Can this one get near that same traction as last year's card did? No, no, of course not. But I, but I, I appreciate the effort. I mean, we talked. I just talked about how well constructed the Bellator card was. This is this is how this is what the the BKFC Knuckle Mania brand should be. You have recognizable uh, UFC names at the top. Uh, UFC names that are recognizable not just for their experience in the UFC, but you know they might be popular for other reasons. Of course, Paige Vizant has always had a strong like social media presence. She's a very very popular fighter, um, so it made you know it made sense for her to headline that first Knuckle Mania. There was and and the, that matchup had a lot of heat. Same with Mike Perry. I don't like the guy. You know he's 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 done a lot of bad stuff outside the cage. I can't stand him, but certainly he he resonates with a combat sports crowd, even a, a casual combat sports crowd. And everyone knows Julian Lane as the Ultimate Fighter 16, let me bang bro guy. So this is the right card, you know, this is the right fight to like have main event like this. And then you have two title fights, which is great. Palomino Brown, uh, BHB, Britton Hart Beltran, and Christine Freya, the rematch for a title fight. That's awesome. And then kind of weirdly flying under the radar, as you said, is like Chad Mendez making his BKFC debut. Um, we don't know if he's sticking around in bare knuckle boxing as, as we've found out this week. 
He's still technically contracted to the UFC. They're kind of just allowing him, you know, obviously they, I guess they don't want him to fight in the UFC anymore. And they're kind of, in this case, doing the right thing by saying, well, you want to go get your brains beaten in under someone else's watch. Uh, by all means, Chad, go for it. So uh, that's going to be fun to see. We'll see how he takes to it. Even if he wins, is this something he's going to want to do again? You know, <laughs> it might just be kind of a one-off thing, a good payday and a, and a, a thing to say he did it. Uh, he, I know he has his own business. So hopefully financially he's doing all right and, and uh, doesn't need to continue uh, fighting if he doesn't want to but um good for him for having an interest in bare knuckle and, and going for it so um yeah it's, it's actually a really nice looking card uh we got jade wong on uh canada's jade wong on the uh prelims which i like it's like to see and some great names some great names too sawyer to i don't know who that is but it's, that's a great name Ch- chevy bridges chevy bridges that's not a real person's name that's a movie like combat sports name you know what i mean that's like in fighter oh it's like chevy bridges uh it's a great name though and and you got a lot of that in bkfc so uh i'm excited for it in, in that respect um so i don't i don't know if it would be my number one choice for the weekend uh i will say now guys we do have a poll running uh i said what event are you most hyped for for this weekend uh ufc vegas 48 comfortably ahead 50 percent bkfc 34 percent bellator 16 percent wow Jose, I know Mike Perry's in the main event. He's fighting Julian Lane. Perry pulls out a freaking baseball bat at the press conference, which mm-hmm. is just, it is everything we thought it might be. But Chad Mendez, like AK said, makes his promotional debut, still under UFC contract, got the UFC's blessing to do this. And from all indications, I remember talking to Chad Mendez after he signed the signed the contract. I don't think it's has I don't think it's the UFC necessarily doesn't want to see Chad Mendez fight. Chad Mendez is just not going to fight until his contract is restructured and he's starting to make some money. And apparently he's making a lot of it to fight for BKFC. So obviously the fanfare is is Mike Perry, but high level fighting competition jose which debut are you more interested in is it mike perry's or is it chad mendez's uh i'm more interested in seeing chad mendez fight in general i don't particularly care if it was mma boxing bare knuckle boxing because the man is one of the more unsung heroes of the featherweight division in the ufc like yeah he lost to conor mcgregor at ufc 189 i think that's kind of what a lot of people remember and then he had that usada suspension for a long time for like cream or something like that that i guess had banned substance in it but you can't tell me that that chad Men- that jose aldo chad mendes two fight is not one of the best featherweight fights of all time like that was unbelievable down in brazil like originally i remember that fight was going to be in la and then i think aldo got hurt so then they had to rebook it and then it ended up being in brazil so chad mendes went from being able to fight in his home state to having to go to enemy territory uh and even con that was when con- they flew conor mcgregor to rio and even Conor McGregor was like, well, you just can't hate on that fight. Like, Conor couldn't even hate on that fight. So I'm just excited to see Chad Mendes do anything. The man is a spectacular fighter. He's one of the better featherweights in all of MMA. Uh, I think his last loss was to Volkanovski, right? That was kind of the passing of the torch. Like, that was, like, mm-hmm. Volkanovski's first test to see if he was a title challenge, title contender. And now he's 2-0 over Max Holloway, who a lot of people consider the best featherweight of all time. So Chad Mendes only loses to the best of the best in MMA. Frank Yeager, Conor McGregor, Jose Aldo, Alex Volkanovski. I'm very excited to see him fight. Uh, But I know my Twitter is going to go absolutely berserk when Mike Perry does anything. (laughs) So I'm sure I'll know when he's about to fight. They're actually betting lines on this event. They're hard to find oftentimes. Mike Perry like an hour ago was a minus 450 favorite now he's a minus 325 so some money coming in on let me bang bro well, so uh mendez wanna, massive favorite i think mike perry just eats julian lane how many knockout wins does julian lane have one 
two in his career. Let me bang, bro. Cannot knock a dude out. Mike no. Perry knocks a lot of guys out. Also, Luis Palomino's fighting on this card, if I remember correctly. Yep. Like, if you ask me You're or right. Sean Alshadi, we were there. What's the greatest fight you've ever seen Justin Gaethje partake in? It's Justin Gaethje, Luis Palomino, one or two. That was chaos for, like, as long as it lasts. And, like, 300 people were in the audience. Like, I remember we yeah. were watching that fight. I'm like, this is great. I feel real gross that not enough people are watching this right now because a lot of brain cells left in that ring. Yes, that is a pick'em according to the odds. Minus one fifteens for both Palomino and Martin Brown. Britton Hart is a plus two hundred dog to Christine Faria. That should be a fun fight. Hart's really never in boring fights. That Pro Gonzalez fight is absolutely ridiculous. If you haven't seen that, go on BKFC's YouTube page and watch it because it's an absolute barn burner. Uh, but the BKFC weigh-ins, you can watch them at six p.m. Eastern on MMAfighting.com. Prelims tomorrow at six thirty. That's on the Bare Knuckle app, BKFC's YouTube page for free, and then the main card. $4.99. If you want to buy this event, it's like $4.99. Uh, that starts at 8 p.m. Eastern on the Bare Knuckle app, or you could order it on Fight TV. So let's go to the peeps. We got a few minutes left. Let's go to the peeps and see what they're thinking this weekend, what they're excited about. Oh, and we didn't, by the way, we didn't mention tonight PFL Challengers debut. Uh, we were only talking about Saturday's events. PFL Challengers series debuts tonight with the light heavyweights on Fubo TV, 9 p.m. Uh, I think we have that in Canada. Canadians watching. I believe we also have Fubo TV in Canada, so we should be okay. I believe it's international, but uh, yeah, nine o'clock Fubo TV. I think it's free to sign up. Who's who's down with Fubo TV here, guys? Mike Heck, you're a big Fubo TV guy, right? I don't think it's free. I think there's a trial. So if you want to watch the <laughs> I first can event, comfortably, it's a day trial. I can comfortably say, I don't even, you could be saying words that don't exist right now. And I'd be like, yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> Listen, the Challenger <laughs> Series starts tonight, guys. There'll be eight events, okay, and uh, eight fighters competing for a, uh, a PFL contract. Uh, one yeah. one person was, per show will receive a PFL contract, either developmental or a chance to compete in the upcoming was season. It you that was, that, was it you that interviewed Tyron Woodley for that, AK? No, no. I do oh, okay. interview one Damn of the fighters fighting next week. Oh, okay. Next yeah. Friday. I saw Tyron Woodley wants to find like the Odell Beckham Jr. of MMA at like PFL champ, like contender, or whatever. I'm like, what does that right, mean? What, I, I, what does that mean? I don't know what that means. Odell Beckham Jr. is a okay. very popular, stylish, and incredibly talented wide receiver for the lost Super Bowl champion Los Angeles Rams. Uh, he is, he is incredible. I would say one of the five most popular football players in the NFL, and he's also has a wide reach in the fashion world and hip hop world too. So he popular, kind of has his fingers. Is he one of the five po- best or just popular? He's I would say he's one of the five best. His talent to popularity is on par. Like okay. he's incredibly talented and incredibly popular. Okay, cool. One of the more marketable okay. athletes out there. Oh, okay, that's what I meant. I would okay. agree. No. So he's good and ta- and marketable. He's I, the one, I, Casey. Obviously, you watched the Super Bowl. He's the one that blew his he blew his ACL out of the Super Bowl. I, was that was him. I saw that. Yeah. He's so good. You he know, is I kn- so good at football. I know very little about football, but I have heard of that gentleman's name. Exactly. He's, like That's him and like Mahomes, like I've I've heard of them outside of football. So those are right. the two most marketable athletes in football. Oh, speaking of uh, football, uh, where is it? Ah, I lost it. You guys said BKFC is uh, four ninety nine yeah. on on fight or on on another uh, thing? Another good question. Because I, I I'm seeing nineteen ninety nine, but I'm also in Canada. Keep that in mind. So I believe you guys are right. I think you guys have the right price and. Um, I think we're just getting, we might get any weird Canada price. So I apologize. Yeah. Did, I mean, BKFC has been advertising from day one that it's 499. So hopefully okay. 499, 499 USD. 
Um, all right, first comments from Mr. Zahn and with the great avatar. And uh, it is great being Super Bowl champs. Um, I, we, for most of LA, I was just aware we had a football team. So it's great that we're champions too. So um, go LA. <laughs> you did it. Casey, you did it. We did it. We did it. We you did, did it. it. You did it. No, you did it. You did it. Yeah, we, we, I think we had, we think LA went a good like two weeks to fight the championship. So it's, it's been a long time. <laughs> so tough it's so tough get him, get him next year buffalo get him next year Bengals. you'll do it right. <laughs> all right uh um a lot of um i'm seeing a lot of positivity for bare knuckle yeah. actually in the comments sure. a lot mm-hmm. of people are excited they booked the cards uh, right yeah look mm-hmm. this is going to be bkfc is going to be the most fun event of the three there's for sure. no doubt about it it'll be the most circusy but in like the best possible way and maybe maybe sometimes in the worst possible way but (laughs) yes bkfc is the most fun event of the three cards there's no arguing that yeah uh does johnny walker need to go back to his wild style to have a chance to win this fight jose a chance to win this fight i don't think he has to go for a chance uh i mean at the end of the day this is I like I consider MMA a sport. I know a lot of people don't. Probably some people on this site, but like wins and losses matter, and the best way to keep your job is to win. <laughs> so if Johnny Walker just wants to win, I don't think he has to. But if he want if he wants to keep his job coming off a loss, he probably should. Like we yeah. all said, an exciting fight, win or lose, will let you keep your job. A win will keep your job. So if you just want to go out there and just throw crazy nonsense, by all means, do it, Johnny Walker. I love it, but. Go out there and win first and foremost. Okay. Yeah, I mean, look, it doesn't matter what style you fight as long as you win. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. Michelle Pajeda is one of the biggest examples of a guy who looked – the, the, the Michelle Pajeda that debuted in the UFC and that fought before the UFC is very different than the Michelle Pajeda that you see now, uh, Demolidor. I mean, he, there's, he still – he loves still doing the uh, off-the-cage a Superman punch, probably one of his lower-risk moves, I guess. Uh, rolling Thunder, he loves storm Rolling Thunder. But it feels like weirdly more calculated now or he does it in fights that he's already – maybe kind of already has an advantage – um it used to be it was just balls to the wall as soon as he like came out of the gate he's just throwing all that stuff so um and in his case he's been successful he's he's been racking up wins now so uh you don't see anyone asking if he should go back to his wild style right um so we, uh, that tiago santos fight left a bitter taste in a lot of people's mouths as it should have as it should have and i'm sure there's a lot of people who as that fight dragged on were hoping he would revert to the the older johnny walker style like mid fight just like oh come on he has to know he's down to start throwing wild stuff but that's the thing at this level of MMA, you do have a game plan and you kind of just have to stick to it. We don't know what game plan he's going to have against Jamal Hill. Jamal Hill, a very different fighter than Tiago Santos. So maybe you will see uh, Johnny Walker open up a little bit more uh, uh, from the beginning or depending on how the fight goes. But I don't think he necessarily has to say, oh, I'm going to fight wild because you know, the, the, my, my more uh, conservative style last time produced such a, such a poor result. Uh, I, I think uh, he's smarter now. Again, it's a different camp. He's just going to adjust to what Jamal Hill does and prob- or I should say more likely stick to what his 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 game plan is going in. And, and I don't see him fighting too wild. Jamal Hill is so dangerous. I don't think you want to just go in there and just start trading with him and just make it a 50-50 fight. I think you have to have some sort of plan. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't think he has to go back to being wild. Yeah, I think it's probably to his detriment if he does. I think Jamal Hill will, will put him away quick if he does do that. And I kind of feel like Johnny Walker will do that and – I think the result will speak for itself, but we'll see. I think his best chance to win is to not do that, to do the complete opposite of that. And that's probably his best chance to win. Quick question. Is the main event in the UFC, has that been upgraded to five rounds? 
Or is it still it's five three rounds? rounds? Yeah. It is five rounds. It's five. That yeah. is, it, uh, that almost seems not fair. Are they getting paid more? Is the question. They, and yeah, I would, they, I, and I would, Johnny I Walker did say they're getting a little pay bump. <laughs> okay. But yeah. it's, I'm wondering because actually the the Walker Santos fight is one of the few cards I just did not see because I was out of I was out of the country at that time. Why was that fight so? Everyone because I, I looked online. I was like, oh, I'll watch it if it's awesome. But then everyone was kind of poo pooing it. What made it so bad? And why is all the blame on Johnny Walker? I don't see any criticism for Santos. I'm, I'm just kind of curious because I didn't watch the fight at all. Tiago Santos is the and it was a five round, it was a five yeah. round fight. Maybe Johnny round. Walker just kind of sucks in five round fights too. No, I'm it's just, just it's just t- it's just whoever lost was the one that was going to get more of the crap, and it happened to be Johnny Walker. Yeah. Tiago Santos is a better striker than him. He's a better. That was very. It was very evident in that fight that Tiago Santos is a better striker. Um, and he was clearly winning. It wasn't like a close fight. It's like he clearly won the fight. So the guy, who, so in this case, the guy, it's just the guy who lost, um, got more of the crap. And again, I think people wanted to see, as I said, like had hoped, like man, why isn't he going for broke? And he knows he's losing. And again, that's much easier said than done when you're watching mm-hmm. from home and when you're standing across from Thiago Santos, who could knock your ass out in any second. So, um, but yeah, I, I think there was a reason. It was somewhat fair why he got the the majority of criticism. I just find it interesting because I, I think of just Israel Adesanya, and we credit and fans criticize him for winning boring but we criticize walker for losing boring i just think it's a i think a lot in the sport i think i think a lot of the criticism was like by round three we all kind of got a sense that like johnny walker is very clearly losing Mm -hmm. and he didn't make any adjustment at all Mm. so like at some point your game plan is just not working it's i don't care if if you're i don't I'm don't i'm not even i don't care if it's boring or not boring like what you are doing is not working, and he just kept doing it. That's where my frustration came from in that fight. Like, like Thiago Santos had no reason to change his game plan because he was very comfortably winning. This, it's not broke, don't fix it. Johnny Walker's like, this is broken. I'm just going to keep smashing it until it's shattered, and I'm just never going to be able to get used again. All right. Thank you very much. Uh, if you had no idea who Skelly and Striegel were, <laughs> who would you pick to win a fight based off of their physique? Also, will, be, will Skelly weighing in late affect his performance? Probably not, and <laughs> Striegel would clearly win the fight based on physique, but that's why they fight. Skelly was hitting some poses now on the scale. He was yeah. hitting some poses this morning. Skelly is a pro. Like He's a he's also like a fighter's fighter. Like Remember Casey and I were in Denver when he had that weird quote-unquote I don't even think it's a loss anymore, that yeah, fight yeah, against Bobby Moffitt. But then after, he actually and talked to the media after, and he was, he was like hot, and he goes, I want this overturned unless that means Bobby Moffitt loses his win purse. I want Bobby, like Bobby didn't do anything, so if he gets to keep his win bonus, then I want him to keep the win, but if it doesn't change anything, I want him to overturn it. So Chad Skelly is the man. Like that, that, after that, he, that guy won me over a lot after that scrum. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm, uh, a, I'm a I'm a I'm a Skelly fan. I'm a, for sure. Yeah. And weighing in late doesn't mean anything. He's a pro. He just no. he knew he's he know he knows he's on weight. He doesn't uh, he could have shown up early if he wanted to probably, but he's probably just just so comfortable on weight. Just show up whenever. Get some extra. Sleep I think he does a, I think he does a lot at Safford MMA too. Like because that's where he's at, right? I think he does a lot like at the gym specifically. Like you know, not as coaching, but like a lot of stuff around the gym. So I'm just uh, I'm going yeah. back I'm going back and trying to remember because I mean it wasn't a memorable fight between Santos and Walker but I'm going back and trying to remember because I wrote the live blog for that I had it two two heading into the fifth round oh. and then Santos won the fifth round I scored a forty eight forty seven trying to remember what the judges scored it all three scored a forty eight forty seven so it was a close yeah. I, I think everyone scored it the exact same way uh, round one for Walker round four for Walker 
and then the rest to Santos. But it was just, it just, it was just single shots. It was just single shots. Wait, that, it was just that's, that's wild, all it was because the way I hear about the fight, I think I thought it was like a a fifty forty four, fifty forty three fight, and it turns out it was just one round made the difference. That's just um maybe expectations for Walker are just not. I don't know. It's just it, I, I just find okay, the, so, the discourse weird. Okay, so you need here's rather. here's why here's why here's why people gave it such crap. Johnny Walker through five rounds landed 48 significant strikes. Tiago Santos through five rounds landed 44 significant strikes. So that's it. The total, and that was, and those are the total strikes. So in five rounds between two fighters, we had 92 significant strikes landed in 25 minutes. It was just single shots. It was just that fight. Like that's it. It was just a bad fight. Yeah. Yeah. Not even a lot of, not even a lot thrown either. 235 total between both fighters over five rounds. Mm. All right. So it just wasn't an aesthetically pleasing fight. Yeah, gotcha. All right, I'll take one, maybe two more. All right, let me pick some good ones. Let me pick some good ones. Let's talk about a little bit. Let's talk a little Jim Miller. Ooh. Oh, 100%. yes, great point. Great point. Uh, I have to let me put... That was also the fight where Johnny Walker... <laughs> yep. Johnny Walker promised to take Thiago Santos to hell. Remember that oh, big right. promo he cut? Well, it, yes. I mean, it sounded like it was hell to watch. It, it, it definitely was, yeah. Yeah, so. It's all. I think Johnny Walker shout, got shout it. <laughs> shout out to Shaheen El Shadi. Uh, Matt Maggio, what chance do you give Jim Miller on making it to UFC 300? So it could be on 100, 200, and 300. Yes, that is his goal. What's that going to be? 2024? 2024, End of 2024, I think it'll be. Because what's 272 is this month coming up in March. Um, so the next March will be two, assuming they keep the kind of same kind of scale, 284, and then the year after that, 296 in March. So, yeah, by the end, so by the end of 2024, somewhere uh, in the second half of 2024, we should be getting 300. I'll make it 100 percent, 100 percent. He'll make it, he'll be there. I think if Jim Miller gets the proper matchmaking, like the matchmaking he has the last couple of fights, oh, if they don't throw amazing. him against, you know you know the the gamrots i guess of the the up-and-comers mm-hmm. you can make them yeah don't do that <laughs> yeah here's here's how many combined fights jim miller's past three opponents of uh, sorry combined ufc fights jim miller's past three uh, ufc opponents have had two <laughs> two <laughs> his his 37th fight was against joe selecki who was making his uh, third ufc appearance and then uh, eric gonzalez ufc debut for fight number 38 and now uh, nicholas mota ufc debut for fight number 39 so i love it like i wish that more vet like i wish that this is how more veterans yeah. could be booked um and, and it's not like gonzalez and, and mota are walkovers i think mota is actually favored am i not mistaken i believe mota is favored to beat uh, jim miller on saturday uh, slight. Uh, uh, minus 180. Minus, so a little more than slight. Uh, and uh, But a typology, 61% Miller. So, I mean, this is a good matchup then. The fans see it one way. The yeah. oddsmakers see it another way. Uh, but, <laughs> again, 39, 39 UFC fights to none. Uh, and this is the second time that's happened. So, right. wonderful uh, matchmaking. Two, and, yeah, two he's more. definitely going to make it. Right. He's definitely yeah. going to make it. He'll make it, yeah. Two more comments. Two more questions. Um, I'm, this one just kind of confuses me, so I just want to hear the answer. Trace from Connor debuts for Bellator in their co-main event. Let's mm-hmm. see how AK feels about that. I think I think he's referring to comp- the, Call, co- the co- UFC calling this a co-main event. Not uh, a co-main event. No, look at least at least Korish. No, listen, listen. Uh, Chance for Counter, former UFC guy. I mean, whatever. 
Koroshkov, as Jose said, is a is a former Bellator champion. He's 24 and 4. He's been one of their faces of the welterweight division for like the last five years. That's a name. Longer That's than, a name. Longer than that. Longer, yeah, than, longer that. than that. That's a name you can throw in a co-main event spot. So I have no issue with Bellator calling that a co-main event. That that and and it was also someone else too. Uh, uh, Chancellor Counters replacing. Uh, I mean, someone who was going to be making their debut, but a tough guy. Um, his name escapes me at the moment. Excuse me. Bur- a very Bur- long Burkhamov Russian or something. Name. Yeah. Burkhamov or something like that. But a guy who's yeah. coming with a bit of hype. Yeah. Um, but either way, even if it wasn't, it doesn't matter. That's the reason you have guys like Korshkov around. You can put them in there with another veteran. You can put them in there with a newcomer. Like, really, if you let me put it this way. If you told me Jim Miller, Nicholas Moda was the main event, uh, the co-main event, I'd be like, oh, yeah. Sounds a little bit more like a co-main event type fight. Not that it really matters on a card that this light that that's light on that light on names, but these things matter to me. You have you cannot just throw anybody in the second last fight and call it a co-main event. So I think Bellator has an actual co-main event. I don't think the UFC Vegas card does. And our final question: Which single fight is the most exciting and must watch this weekend, according to you? I think Jose kind of gave his pick, but I don't know if that's just on your high-level martial arts scale. But, Jose, if you could only pick one fight this weekend, what are you picking? Mm, probably the Bellator main event, just because, like, that's an intriguing stylistic matchup for me. But it's not the most ex- – by no means the most exciting. But for me, I want to watch the Bellator main event. Okay. I know it's probably going to be a first-round finish, so it's weird to call it like a, you know, the most exciting must-watch fight. But I think it'll be the the, the result that most of us are talking about uh, after the weekend's over. I think Buckley and Al-Hassan is going to give mm. us exactly what he want. Someone's getting knocked out in the first round, and I think it's going to be absolutely nuts. I, I think it'll be Al-Hassan that goes down, but uh, he only loses by, I think, decision. Oh, he got knocked, oh, and he got knocked out in the first round once, so there we go. So Al-Hassan is, if you're predicting a first-round knockout, you're, it's a pretty safe bet, and I'm going with Buckley this time. So that, to me, is the one that if I had to pick one, I could only watch one fight, uh, I would pick that one. Is it because of his cornerman? Uh, we don't need to talk about oh, uh, the talk es- about? Es- right. estimable Dale Dale Brown. It's Dale Brown, right? Dale? Dust. Detroit. That, that's <laughs> yeah. what he's Dale Brown. Oh, okay. Dale, commander. Commander. Okay. commander. Respect. Oh, my goodness. Show some, res- show some respect. Respect. Um, I'll go with the BKFC main event. Why the hell not? That's just going to be insane. So we'll go with that. Is is Perry Lane the main event or is it the title fight? Yeah. A Perry Lane's yeah. main event. Oh, it is yeah. main event. Yeah. Cool. I'll go with that one. Although I think Britton Hard and Christine Faria is going to be an absolute war. Thank you for bringing that up. I, I'm, there's a lot of good fights this weekend, and I'm very, I'm very excited about that fight too. All yes, right? that is an excellent fight. And for those wondering, because we always bring this up, let me just pull it up real quick before we say goodbye. Uh, biggest betting favorites on the UFC card: Jonathan Pierce minus three eighty, uh, Christian Rodriguez making his UFC debut at plus two ninety, uh, Mario Batista minus three sixty five taking on Jay Perrin plus two eighty. I, I'll tell you what, that's gonna be a banger. That's gonna be a really fun fight. That's I believe that's gonna be the first fight on the card. Jay's good and probably should have been in the UFC a little while ago, and he was preparing for a fight anyways. So it's not like he was rolling off the couch to fight Mario Batista. He was preparing to defend his CES title in a couple of weeks, so he was ready to go. So that should be a, a great way to kick off this card. Yeah, and Mike, I always tell people, don't bet on MMA, but those are the kind of odds that, like, Mar- you said what, Mario Batista and Jonathan Pierce would not get, or I say, they're like, they, they, they shouldn't, normally they wouldn't be favored against anyone, like, two or three to one in the UFC. So, right? Mm, I mean, is that a crazy thing? Yeah, it's just because these, these are coming in on, yeah, these are coming in on short notice. So, again, I don't believe in betting on MMA, 
But if you're going to throw some underdog money out there, you can probably do a lot worse than Jay Perrin and what Christian Rodriguez, <laughs> whoever else stepping in on short notice. Oh, sorry. Well, I just I just saw this. Oh, sorry. You're going to say something, Mike? No, go ahead. Yeah. If you oh, want no. I, I just I just saw this. Thank you, Mr. Grant. I put a lot of work What's, into my workout throw, playlist. It, what, what are some songs on there? Oh, it's got all the jams. It's the Punch Kick Grapple Work playlist. It's about 90 hours long, and it covers everything from, like, Whitney Houston to Soul Patrol. It has it all. So uh, um, DM me. D- DM me. Find me online. I'll send you the link to the playlist. <laughs> tweet it. What's out there. Tweet it. Yeah, I'll tweet the playlist. All right. Too. <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, one thing you can bet on is we will be back tomorrow at 3.30 Eastern to answer all of your questions, more of your questions, ahead of UFC Vegas 48. And we're going to have a very busy day tomorrow with that event, Bellator 274, and, of course, Knuckle Mania 2. And we'll have all your coverage over at MAFighting.com. Until then, everybody, for AK, for Jose, I am Mike Hack. Big shout-out to Casey on the ones and twos. We'll see you tomorrow, everyone. Have a happy wedding, AK. Thank you. On my birthday, no less. Just kidding. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA. For new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible. Eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.